Hey, SCF Student Ministries, Devin here bringing you week four of our current series that we're going through uh, November titled With You, um, our final week of With You. The goal of this series has been pretty simple. Uh, when a friend is having a hard time, we want to figure out how to show them God's love by being there for them. Um, we started this series with a conversation about our emotions uh, because being able to recognize uh, and really empath- empathize with other people's feelings is uh, an important first step in figuring out how to be there for other people, right? So today, let's talk about emotions again. Uh, sometimes we think about our feelings as something that only happen in our minds or on our faces, but the truth is we feel our emotions with really our whole body, right? Uh, let's start with happy. Uh Smile as wide as you can. Keep smiling, even if this is awkward or embarrassing wherever you're at. Hopefully, maybe you're by yourself, right? Uh, (laughs) Keep smiling while you try to think of something sad. It's hard to do both, right? Uh, So let's move on to sad. Now look sad. Slump your shoulders. uh, Put your head down. And then keep doing that while you think of something that makes you laugh. And it's also not easy, right? We'll go to angry. Uh, Make the angriest face you can. can. Uh, Maybe look at the person that's uh, near you that makes you angry think about the person that makes you angry uh now give a person or someone or think of someone and give them a sincere compliment while you're angry right uh nervous think about something that makes you nervous like a test you're not ready for i still have nightmares of that uh or a person that you're afraid to talk to Uh, what does your body want to do you might want to cross your arms raise your shoulders tense your muscles i always find it in my jaw that's where I'm almost tensing right when I'm nervous. Uh, and lastly, confident. So we'll try think of that power pose that you might have. Put your chin up, stand up straight, smile, uh, stand with a wider stance than usual. Put your hands on your hips or stretch them out in a V-shape over your head. Do you feel a little more confident or even hopeful than you did a moment ago? It's hard to feel powerless or defeated when you're when you're standing like this, right? Like when your whole body is showing confidence. It's hard to it's hard to feel powerless, right? Uh, it's always great to feel confident, in control, and full of hope. Um, so what are some specific situations that can make someone feel hopeful, right? Do we encounter some of those every day? We're going to go over this uh, in youth group in person. What are specific situations that someone could that could make someone feel hopeful, right? Uh, it's not such a great experience to feel weak or powerless or without hope. And on the flip side, there are certain situations that make someone feel hopeless, right? We're a world that's uh, without hope, I would say, a majority of the time. Without God, there is no hope, right? Uh, So a lot of time, people that aren't with God, they feel situations without hope. They're hopeless. Uh, Even if you're a usually happy or optimistic person, it's okay to have moments when you feel a little less than hopeful, right? But what do we do when we or someone we care about seems stuck in that place of hopelessness that we're describing. I mean, has a friend ever come to you for encouragement or help, uh, but you found yourself at a total loss for words? Uh, It's sometimes hard to know how to give our friends guidance, uh, but it's even more challenging when we know our friends are in a really dark place and we don't know how to help them, right? Um, We go through these kinds of things and there's and there's so many reasons we find ourselves feeling hopeless, like uh, when things aren't going our way in life, uh, we keep facing disappointment after disappointment. Uh, Something is wrong in our lives or in the world. Maybe we're hurting and can't find relief to that. Uh, A prayer we've been praying hasn't been answered 
and we just think that maybe we're doing something wrong, and that's why it won't be, right? Uh, some reasons are tiny molehills that are easy to move past with a little time. Others can be huge mountains that take a lot of time and effort to work through. Either way, uh, a few things are true from those situations, right? Uh, first, we need someone. Whether you're helping someone find hope or you're searching for hope yourself, uh, you weren't meant to do it alone. When we're feeling hopeless or disappointed or lost, we need each other. Uh, and second, we need a light. When you're walking through a dark room at night, uh, there's one thing that you need to help you and not bump into any more furniture, and that's light. In the same way, when someone is feeling lost in hopelessness, they need someone to turn on a light and help them find their way. It's normal to feel overwhelmed sometimes, but someone, uh, but when someone we love gets stuck in a dark or hopeless place, they might need some extra help finding their way back to the light again. And there's a story in the Bible about a woman uh, named Hannah who knows what it's like to feel hopeless. And as we read this story, uh, I just want you to keep in mind this takes place in a very different time and culture where women in marriage were not viewed the same that they are today. So we're going to read 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1. Uh, 1 verse 16. I'm going to find that as well with you guys. All right, so that was 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 through 16. It says, There was a certain man from Ramatham, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jerohim, the son of Elihu, the son of Toha, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, had the, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give to him the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. So we don't exactly know uh, which... Jewish holiday Hannah's family was celebrating when this encounter at the temple took place. But we do know that it would have been a time of singing, uh, dancing praise, worship, and feasting. Uh, it would have been a celebration um, for everyone except probably Hannah at this time. Hannah had a lot of reasons to feel hopeless as well. Hannah desperately wanted to have children but couldn't. 
And although her husband loved her, having children was seen as a very uh, important function for women. If a woman can have children, uh, she wasn't seen as valuable in that culture. Hannah and her husband's other wife were really rivals, right? Which doesn't sound like a very easy or peaceful way to live uh, because Peninnah was jealous of their husband's love for Hannah. She was cruel and bullied her. And after years and years, Hannah couldn't take it anymore. She wept. She couldn't eat. She felt desperate, anxious, grieved, and worthless. Even Eli, a prophet of God, added to Hannah's pain when he accused her of being drunk in one of her most vulnerable and hopeless moments, right? She's pouring out her soul at that moment. Uh, now watch what happens when the pre prophet Eli realized his mistake. So we're going to keep reading. Next two verses says, Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. So Eli saw Hannah needed hope and he gave her the hope that she desperately needed. Eli joined Hannah and made her prayer his prayer too. Shortly afterward, God did answer that prayer, and after years of hoping for a child being mercilessly mocked and dealing with unending frustration and disappointment and hopelessness, bam, Hannah becomes pregnant. God answers her prayer, and if we keep reading, we see Hannah's hopeless, hopelessness turn into hope as she praises God for answering her prayers. When her baby was born, Hannah didn't forget the hope that God gave her during a very dark time. Uh, remembering how she once poured out her heart to God, she named her son Samuel, a name that means heard by God. And Samuel eventually grew up and became a prophet who was mentored by Eli. But that's a different story, different day, right? Uh, today we're concentrating on the faith of Samuel's mom and Eli's role in her story. Uh, Eli couldn't fix Hannah's situation, but he did what he could do. He saw her hopelessness and had compassion for her. He spoke with God on her behalf. Uh, he encouraged her, told her to have peace. He prayed with her. It's almost like Eli was saying, Hannah, let me be hopeful for you until you're ready to be hopeful again. Uh, you hear a lot about hope in the Bible. Uh, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes about it in one of his letters to the Jesus followers in that were in Rome. Uh, when Paul wrote this letter, the followers of Jesus were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. If there was ever a time to feel hopeless, this was it. They were thrown in prison, thrown out of the country in exile. Many were killed uh, just for following Jesus, right? With so many reasons for Jesus followers to feel hopeless, uh, let's take a look at one of Paul's prayers for them. And we can find this uh, in Romans chapter 15. Uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, uh, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Christians in Rome uh, were having a difficult time early on in in the uh, following Jesus. Christianity is a brand new uh, thing in this time period, right? But Paul knew there was still a reason to have hope. With God, there always is. There is always hope with God. So Paul went to God on their behalf, uh, like Eli did for Hannah, in order to give them hope. Sometimes you'll be like Hannah, feeling desperate and alone. Sometimes you'll feel like the believers in Rome, not alone, but still up against a seemingly hopeless situation. And sometimes when you're feeling lost in the dark, you'll need someone to hold up a light to point you back toward the hope. 
And sometimes like Eli and Paul, you'll have the privilege of holding up a light for others. And this is the beauty of God's community. Sometimes we give, sometimes we receive, but we always have the privilege of being with people when they need hope. And although the story of a woman getting exactly, exactly what she wanted is in the Bible, sometimes it's hard to believe. After all, not every prayer gets answered the way we want it to. Uh, and we all have plenty of things we hope for but haven't received, situations we hope will happen but have yet to see, and problems we hope will be solved but are still waiting to be resolved. So when a friend is feeling hopeless, how do we give them hope? Do we promise God's going to make all their dreams come true? No, that's not the way to do it. But here's what we can do. If you think a friend might be feeling hopeless, I got a few points for you. First, you pay attention. Is your friend acting differently than they usually do? Are they quieter or more distant? Are they hanging out with friends or returning your messages less than usual? Do they seem angrier, meaner, or more irritable than usual? Sometimes these can be signs that a friend isn't doing so well. Number two, ask and listen. Ask how they're doing and really, really listen to their response. You show that you're listening to your friend. What's going on? Are they experiencing something difficult right now? How are they feeling? What do they need? Uh, people often hide these things, right? We have friends, they don't, they're embarrassed by what it is, whether it's something going on at home or something very personal to just them that they're going through, people, uh, their instinct is to hide from it, right? And they don't want to tell people. They think they'll figure it out on their own. You got to practice offering a safe space free of judgment. If they speak negatively about themselves, others, or even God, you show them patience and you show them grace. Uh, Number three, we feel with them, whether they're feeling angry or sad or frustrated or desperate. Try to feel those things with them. Don't minimize their feelings uh, by saying things like, it'll it'll be fine. It's not that bad. You try to give them worse uh, options, right? No, you, you sit there. Instead, let them know it's okay to feel however they're feeling and that you'll do your best to understand. Uh, number four, you be consistent. If they're having a hard time, you check in with them at least once a week so they know you care. You don't check in once and then ignore them, right? We keep checking back. We want to check to see if they're okay. Show them with your words and actions and presence that you're there for them. Uh, Where are we on? Number five, pray for them. Uh, Pray with your friends so they're not alone. And pray for them even when they're not around. You ask God, talk to God, make that part of your your morning routine when you're praying and talking to God. Make make them part of that. Uh, Number six, get help when they need it. Sometimes hopelessness is more than just passing feelings of disappointment or frustration. If you're worried your friend is dealing with uh, maybe a more severe like anxiety or depression or another mental health crisis, you, you talk to an adult. You trust right away. You talk to me. You talk to one of our leaders. You talk to a, one of your, your parent, uh, a teacher, whoever it might be. Uh, you trust, talk to a trusted adult. Uh, and lastly, take care of yourself as well. Share with a trusted adult how it feels to care for your friend. Uh, I'm always, I'm all ears for this type of stuff. Just like your friend needs hope, you need people to help you stay hopeful as well. You can't just constantly be give, 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 give. Sometimes you're going to be the one that needs uh, help as well. Uh, You'll never be able to fix everyone's problems for them. Uh, And there are some times when a friend will need help that you're not qualified to give them. 
Um, but here's one thing you can always do. When you think someone might be feeling hopeless, you can let the hope you found in Jesus overflow from you to them. It's why Jesus gives us so much hope. He gives us more than we need so that we can give it to those that don't have enough. Just like Eli did for Hannah, you have the ability to help Others find hope when they're feeling hopeless through your presence and your prayers. Through your presence, your friend will be reminded that hope can still exist even when they can't see it. And by being with them in their hopelessness, you can hold on to hope when they're unable to. Uh, Through your prayers, you have the privilege of helping your friend hold the weight of their hopelessness. Uh, You get to ask God to hear their prayer and give them hope again. Uh, There are a lot of reasons to think the world is dark or scary. Because uh, it can be, for sure. Uh, but we have the opportunity to be a light in that darkness, right? Because of our hope in Jesus, we can shine for others when they've lost their way. And when our lights go a little dim, we can look to each other so our collective lights can continue shining bright. In big ways and small ways, there are a lot of hurting people around us all the time. But don't let that be a reason for you to lose hope. Instead, let it be an invitation to show people how much God loves them by showing them how much you love them. You can be a light in the darkness when you choose to be with people when they're grieving, when they're lonely, when they're in need, and when they need hope. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun going through this series with you for this last month. Uh, I think I learned a lot. I hope you guys learned and grew as well. Um, I'm excited to start our new series next month. And I'll see you then for that.